0: hello. You are listening to a new episode of A Pastor in His Newspaper, podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. My name is Dr. Castro, and uh, I took last week off. Uh, it was spring break here in Carville, Tennessee. Um, so I took my three children um, to Huntsville, Alabama, to the Space Center, and that was really cool. So if you've never been there, it's worth, uh, worth a trip, especially if you're interested in uh, the space program with Mercury, Gemini, um, the Apollo mission that went to the moon, or went to the moon several different times, um, and the rocket, uh, the Saturn V rocket that took them, Neil Armstrong and his team to the moon was uh, developed and built in Huntsville, Alabama, it's called the Rocket City. And, uh, so the space center is there. So very interesting. Uh, kind of funny that my, we had a, got a kind a picture of, uh, my children in front of a intercontinental ballistic missile, uh, which I mentioned, I know two weeks ago that they use for putting nuclear weapons on. So interesting to have your children in front of one of those, but anyways, uh, that's at in Huntsville, Alabama, actually very close to Southern Tennessee near Tullahoma where my in-laws live and so went there and also went to Chattanooga and uh, Chattanooga Tennessee and um, they they checked out the the aquarium there and uh, very good city very good vibe good restaurants in Chattanooga so if you've ever been to Southeast Tennessee encourage you to take a visit beautiful beautiful place right there on the the Tennessee River and uh, the mountains and uh, so definitely recommend a trip uh, with your family, or even if you don't have a family to, to take out Huntsville or Chattanooga. So uh, a lot's happened. Um, the war in a, a Ukraine is still ongoing. Um, it seems like it's kind of hit a stalemate, but um, it is still raging and uh, gas prices are still high. So those things really haven't changed all that much. Um, so an interesting, obviously this happens every year and I am going to talk about it a little bit, it's a little bit of a different uh, mood of a story than we have done the last few uh, times here at um, a pastor's newspaper. So let's uh, get to it. Let's not delay and get to reading the news with the Bible in your hand. So um, I want to talk about uh, March Madness, the uh, college basketball annual uh, tournament. Um, and this this is an article uh, called The Underdogs Who Shocked Kentucky. This was in the Wall Street Journal this past weekend. And, um, you know, with like I was saying before, with a war in Eastern Europe and an historic inflation here in the US, uh, I think we should just focus our attention this week on a more positive story. Um, positive is good. We can be inundated with negative stories and constantly focusing and meditating and discussing and arguing negative stories. But uh, too often we don't Talk about positive stories, positive things that are happening, that are just worth focusing on and taking our time just to think about and and looking at from different perspective and angles. And and if you are unaware, we are in the midst of I would say some people's favorite time of the year, um, and I'm of course talking about March Madness, uh, the annual college basketball postseason tournament. Each uh, some people are confused; it used to be sixty four teams, but now each year sixty eight. ...of the best teams, arguably, in college basketball. I know if you're a Texas A&M fan, you would not agree. You did not get included, which I believe you should have. Um, ...are organized in a single elimination, winner-take-all tournament for the national championship, the national crown to be crowned the best college basketball team, men's college basketball team in the country. Obviously, there's a women's tournament as well... Um, we're going to be focusing on the the men's tournament, and uh, and it's becomes this was become somewhat of a national pastime. Uh, is that millions and millions of people fill out a March Madness bracket with a group of friends, family, coworkers, or even by themselves. Um, but I know here at, at the church that I work at, um, we are, I'm in one group with some coworkers, some staff, then we have a men's ministry bracket group. And then my family has a, uh, March Madness bracket, uh, group. Um, and we do all this through ESPN.com. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me try to explain it to you a little bit um, basically, we, uh, you fill out a, a bracket. It's an activity where you attempt to guess the winner of every game in the tournament from the 32 games in the first round to the national championship. And so you can kind of do the math. There's 32 games in the first round. There's 16 games in the second round. There's eight games in the third round. We call that the Sweet 16, the 16 teams that are in the, the third round. And then the, there's four games in the, the the fourth round, which is the Elite Eight. That's the the eight teams remaining. And whoever wins those four games go to the final four, which is a, is a big deal to make the final four. And because you've had to win four games in a row to get to the final four, and that's the four best teams, four remaining teams, And then those two games, the winner of those two games compete for the national championship. That's the national championship game. Um, And so there's several, I mean, there's six games you have to win in a row to win the whole tournament. So you're guessing many games um, amongst those six different rounds. And um, it's nearly impossible. There's never been a perfect bracket. I think, Billy, there's a trillion or more different ways that you can fill out that bracket. So the chances of having a perfect bracket is... Is pretty much statistically an impossibility. But this year, these are statistics out by uh, ESPN.com 17.4 million people this year have filled out a bracket of March Madness on ESPN.com. And ESPN is not the only uh, publication or website or, or company that do these kind of bracket groups. I know CBS does them, um, there's others that do them. So there's probably even more than just 17.4 million. Uh, different people who are, are, have done brackets. Uh, and so there's a lot of people that do this every year. And a lot of people look forward to this time of year. That's like their favorite time of the year uh, for these particular people. And they enjoy doing it. It, it. My wife fills out a bracket. My mom fills out a bracket. They don't watch any college basketball games hardly. Um, and yet they, they kind of join in on this kind of uh, annual pastime. And so due to the event... Um, that I'm going to discuss today. There are no perfect brackets of the 17 plus million brackets filled out. Uh, my bracket was pretty much trashed by the end of Thursday, which is the which is day one of the tournament. Um, and I, like many, picked the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, uh, a school from the Southeastern Conference, one of the big uh, Power Five conferences. Uh, one of the and, and Kentucky is one of the best college football, uh, college basketball programs. Every year, I mean, they they invest a lot of money in their basketball program. Of all the, you know, if you're a sports fan or even a casual sports fan, you're kind of aware of the Southeastern Conference. Uh, they're mostly a football, um, uh, conference. There's most of the schools in the South, the big schools, you know, are from. Texas A&M, to Missouri, to Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida. Um, there's 14 uh, different universities throughout the Southeast that are part of this conference. And it's one of the more, it's probably one of the most, uh, I would say the most sports uh, f- crazy uh, schools uh, in the country. And Kentucky is the, the is in that conference, and they're the best basketball program in the conference um, and for a lot, of, a lot of people, picked Kentucky to make the Final Four, to win basically four games to get to the Final Four. Many also picked them to win the national championship. They were in the top 10 all year, um, and they were a really, really good team this year. And I was kind of concerned when I picked Kentucky to go to the Final Four. I was concerned that they might lose to Purdue, Purdue Bullmakers in Indiana in the Sweet 16 in the third round this year because Purdue was also a really good team. However, I had no concerns, no worries about their first round game against some unknown tiny college in Jersey City, New Jersey called St. Peter's Peacocks. Even when I picked the game, I didn't even notice the team Kentucky was playing in because I was pretty... I I was just... I was going to take Kentucky to the Final 4. I was worried about them in the third round like I said before against Purdue, but I had no concerns whatsoever. Didn't even take the time to do any research on St. Peter's Peacocks in New Jersey in Jersey City at all. The let me give you some information about these two different schools. St. Peter's Peacocks are a 15 seed. They're one of the one of the one of the lower seeds in the tournament. And Kentucky's a two-seed. That means they're one of the better teams in the tournament. Since 1985, only nine times has a 15-seed ever beat a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. A two-seed have won 138 games and lost only nine times. Therefore, St. Peter's had a 6.5% chance of winning. Only they were not even the best team in their own conference, St. Peter's, which the which was the, they were in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. They weren't even the best team in their own conference. Iona was the heavy favorite from their conference to reach the tournament. And most smaller schools that are in the in their these conferences like the Metro um, usually get one team into the NCAA tournament into the March Madness. And whoever wins their conference tournament is the one who gets the bid or gets invited to the NCAA tournament. So St. Peter's, even though they were not the best team during the regular season, they beat Iona. They won the conference tournament. So therefore, they got an invitation to be a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament, and they played Kentucky. So basically, St. Peter's caught lightning and won their conference tournament, beating Monmouth in the championship and they, they had a 19-11 and 11 record. So it wasn't like they had a, a great record. Uh, they were kind of one of the better teams in their conference, but not the best. Um, and so they were b- very fortunate to make the tournament. Now they have to face Kentucky Wildcats. Let me give you some information about Kentucky. Kentucky is the most successful... NCAA Division One basketball program in history in terms of both all-time wins, which they have 2,327, and all-time winning percentage, which is a 70 uh, 76% winning percentage. Kentucky leads all schools, all schools, in total NCAA tournament appearances, which is 59. NCAA tournament wins, which is 131 and the most NCAA tournament games played, which is 184. They have the most NCAA Sweet 16 appearances, which is reaching the third round 45 times. They have the most NCAA Elite 8 appearances, which is the fourth round. And they have the most total postseason tournament appearances, which is 68. And our second in regular season Conference Championships, which is 53, of which 51 are Southeastern Conference regular season championships. Kentucky has 17 Final Four, which is third all-time behind North Carolina and UCLA, which are also two great college basketball um, programs. They have 12 NCAA Championship games that they've that they've gone to. That's tied for first all-time with UCLA. And they have won eight NCAA championships, which is second only to UCLA's 11. So again, that's, that's Kentucky, and that's who St. Peter's Peacocks are playing, this unknown team, this unknown school in Jersey City, New Jersey. And to give you a further contrast of the two schools, St. Peter's has a 2,200 enrollment. Kentucky has a 30,000 students enrollment in 2019. St. Peter's coach, Shaheen Holloway, is paid $266,000 which is including bonuses every year. Kentucky's coach, John Calipari, makes $8.5 million a year in salary. St. Peter's entire athletic department has a $7.2 million annual budget where Kentucky has a $138.3 million annual budget. You couldn't have a more David versus Goliath than St. Peter's Peacocks versus the Kentucky Wildcats. Historics, if you look at this history, if you look at just how money spent, if you look at even the current teams, on Thursday night, the unthinkable happened. The lowly, insignificant St. Peter's Peacocks in Jersey City, New Jersey beat the great and powerful Kentucky Wildcats. And... The Cinderella, the underdog. We use the word Cinderella in March Madness. The underdog, the the one that shouldn't win, didn't stop there. They won their next game against the Murray State Racers to reach the Sweet 16, becoming the only the third, the third in history, 15 seed, ever to make the Sweet 16, the third round. Ole Roberts, one of the other 15 seeds to make the Sweet 16, funny enough, made it actually last year. But Oral Roberts upset Ohio State, who is a football school and not an historically great basketball program, and their first-round win. Saint Peter's beat Kentucky, and I'll just let you know. I went to the University of Tennessee. I'm a huge UT fan. I do not like Kentucky, but I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you here on this podcast and tell you that Kentucky's not any good. Kentucky is unbelievably good. So good that when Tennessee went up to Lexington this year and played, Tennessee lost by all of it, over 20 points, gave over 100 points in the game. Kentucky is extremely good. Uh, and that's why they were picked as a potential Final Four to reach the Final Four and, or maybe even win the national championship. The surprise nature of the story doesn't even stop there. It's, you know, it's it's. It's surprising, it's shocking, it's interesting that St. Peter's Peacocks beat the Kentucky Wildcats. It's also extremely interesting and surprising that they beat Murray State to reach the Sweet 16. But that isn't even... the, the, The surprise nature of this story doesn't even stop there. The best player for St. Peter's on the night that they beat Kentucky was not even a starter. Guard Doug Edert... E-D-E-R-T with one of the most disgusting mustaches that you could put on anyone scored a team high 20 points by making all of his three point shots and missing only two shots in the entire game. What is interesting about Doug, AKA trash stash Eatert is he only started seven games this year. St. Peter Peter's played over 30 games this year. This guy only played and started only in, started seven, which a starter is when he starts the game as one of the five on the court. He averaged a, me- a meager 6.7 points per game this year. Yet, against Kentucky, one of the best teams in the country, one of the best teams historically in college basketball. Has a game of his night. He scores over. He scores twenty points. And then in the next game against Murray State, led the team in scoring again. Kentucky just to show you the difference. Kentucky has two players that are being considered or being projected to be high draft picks in the two thousand twenty two NBA draft. These are NBA. These are future NBA players, future NBA starters. And another player who is a national player of the year candidate this year, and it was pretty much the best player in the SEC. So three players that most likely will be drafted somewhere in the NBA draft and definitely two that will be starters in the NBA against St. Peter's, which has no players on that team that will probably play in the NBA. And their best player that night wasn't even a starter. We love the tournament because it surprises us every year. The unthinkable happens often in the tournament that's why it's so much fun to fill out the bracket because everyone knows that the it's so hard to predict who's going to win it's there's always a surprise there's and it starts not in the third round or the fourth round the first night of the tournament thursday night in march the unexpected happened things that should never happen happen and it happens regularly and that's why we love the tournament and uh you know, every time the tournament happens, they show scenes or clips from future m- great moments from the NCAA tournament. And we love the 1998 Valparaiso, Bruce Drew's three-point shot against Ole Miss at the buzzer for the win, right? This, you know, Valparaiso, this this 14, I think they were a 14 seed, not predicted to win, very similar to St. Peter's, this small school up in northern uh, Indiana, not New Jersey. And the coach's son Last second, gets a pass across court, catches it, hits the three to win the game. And there's that scene when he makes the shot, he dives on the court, and all of his teammates joyously jump on top of him in celebration. There's this scene, uh, another 15 seed, this was years ago, 15 seed who beat a two seed, Moorhead State. The, after the game, when they had won the game, the coach was lifted by their plus player, and he was a short man, and he was so happy and so celebratory as they shocked the Iowa State Cyclones. We love these moments. These moments are great. And it seems like in, in all the things that happen in a year, March Madness is a great collection of these moments. And it happens regularly. It's not like it happens every few years. It happens just about every year. I just mentioned Old Roberts was another two seed. I mean, another 15 seed that beat a two seed actually ended up making the Sweet 16. Why do we love these moments? Even though our brackets have been wrecked by the St. Peter's upset win against Kentucky, we love these stories. I believe we're ho- we're hopeful creatures. We want to believe there's a chance. St. Peter's and their fans hoped they could maybe do the unexpected. There probably were not very many uh, students of St. Peter's when they filled out their bracket picked St. Peter's they probably beat Kentucky but they hoped they, they wonder what if what if we beat Hey, remember all Roberts they beat Ohio State last year maybe maybe it's our year maybe we're able to shock the world and beat Kentucky they knew the odds were against them nobody was picking them to win but they hoped against hope even if the hope was small they hoped, they hoped something might happen or could happen. Maybe we could win. Maybe we can win. Maybe if we have a chance, we can get a break here, or a lucky bounce there, or maybe something like this may happen and we can take advantage of it. But as Christians, our hope is in something that's certain, in certainty. Our hope rests in a sure thing. You know, Abraham was promised a son in his old age. He believed in God's promise because a promise from God is a guarantee. It's a sure thing. It's not like Abraham's like, well, I hope that happens. Or maybe there's a chance. Maybe something unexpected might happen. Maybe maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we'll get fortunate. No, he believed. He believed that God would fulfill his promise. The apostle Peter wrote, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded Set your hope fully on the grace that will that was bought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our hope as Christians is in the person of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus' death and his resurrection secured my victory over sin and death and reconciled me back to God. Our hope is not in, well, maybe it will, or maybe if we're lucky, maybe if we're fortunate, maybe if there's some breaks our way. No, no, no. Our hope is in a sure thing. It's in the secure work of Jesus Christ, his secure victory, his guaranteed victory, his firm victory over sin and death through his death and resurrection. And by his resurrection, by his death, we are reconciled back to God. This is a certain thing. This is a sure thing. This is a something you could take to the bank. Jesus is not our last second heave of hope that it may luckily fall in the basket. No, Christ is not just a last second heave. We know that our salvation is secure. We know that our salvation is is guaranteed because it is in Christ. While sin and death is a mighty foe. I think we have to remind ourselves of that, that death is is undefeated, right? Uh, We all uh, live and we all die. And and, and the byproduct of sin is death. But Christ Jesus secured our victory. So, So that you do not have to hope there's a chance. You don't have to hope you have eternal life. You don't have to hope that you have salvation, that maybe there's a chance that God will accept me after death. Oh, maybe I'm good enough. Maybe I have done enough good deeds. Maybe I have a, a, accumulated enough karma. You know, we, can be, we can know with full assurance that we have victory, that we are a victor, that we are champions because our hope is in Christ. Because Christ is, conquered sin and death through his flesh and we put our faith in what Christ did on the cross we had put our faith in what Christ did in conquering sin and death and by conquering the grave and raising from the dead and sitting at the right hand of the father that's who our hope is in and it is secure and it is deep so uh, as you're watching March Madness as you celebrate these upset stories. Remind yourself that we are hopeful creatures. We we want to have hope, and that's why I think people love March Madness is because these teams, these small teams that have the odds are stacked against them, they have a slimmer of hope, and for some of them, that hope is is they they win right, and their hope is is uh, they're able to celebrate that that hope by winning the game but we have a a greater a greater hope because our hope is not in a chance it's not in a could be it isn't a thing that will be it is we have victory in christ we have salvation in christ we have redemption and we have uh, eternal life in christ that is a certain thing that is a secure thing that cannot be taken away from us uh jesus says that the, the, i know my sheep No one will take them out of my hand. They are secure in me. And if you're in Christ, if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have guaranteed hope. You have firm hope. And in a world full of inflation, a world full of war, a a, a world full of uh, even COVID is is making its rounds again in parts of the world, and there's a fear that it's going to come back, and that these mass mandates may come back, and our lives may, 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 may. Um, be uh, affected by this uh, by this pandemic that is still kind of raging in parts of the world. And we hope that it doesn't. We we hope that uh, we, we're optimistic in, in these different ways, and we're optimistic that things may be for the better, but we can't be certain, right? We we can't be assured of that, but we can have assurance of our salvation, that we can be assured of our acceptance by God that are with our relationship with God through our faith in Christ um so I want to encourage you with that and I think uh, March Madness helps give us that perspective which I think is really really important so enjoy the games enjoy the Sweet 16 games uh tonight and this weekend um and my volunteers uh kind of choked against Michigan and so uh, I'm not really sure where I'm who I'm rooting for. I'm probably just going to root for Gonzaga and hope they can finally get their national championship. But uh, enjoy the games. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to a pastor in his newspaper. If you enjoyed uh, what you listened to, share this podcast on your social media channel. Uh, I would appreciate it. You can obviously get this podcast episode on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, um, on Spotify, And I will be back, hopefully, God willing, next week with a new episode of A Pastor in His Newspaper, helping you read the news with your Bible in your hand. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.